0: Hey everybody, Dan Holstein here helping your business take flight and I'm really excited today because I've got Steve Zago and Adam Wright from Lost Aviator Coffee Company and we're going to be having a conversation about their entrepreneurial journey. So welcome guys. Oh, thanks to for having us Dan. Good, good, glad to, ha- glad to have you. So now I've had some of your coffee as has a bunch of my clients and it's awesome and I think some of them have reordered so that's there's the proof in the pudding. Yes they have, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Cool. So tell us a little bit about your journey from what you're doing before, which I haven't really alluded to yet, uh, mm-hmm. and to what you're doing now. So what's, uh, wh- where do we start the story off? Well, I'll let Adam take this
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yes. Well, you know what? Uh, we both live in Guelph, Ontario, and uh, I'm, I'm not originally from here, but I got a job with a, a major airline uh, based in Toronto. And Steve told me I had to move to Guelph. So, uh, you know, I guess I had to move to Guelph. And, um, that's where Steve grew up. So, uh, yeah, we were uh, doing our thing. Um, and then, uh, I, I, got Steve a reference to join the same airline. And, uh, so we've been enjoying our, our careers, uh, flying out of Toronto, Pearson, uh, you know, mostly, uh, mostly Europe and, and South and all over Canada and a bit North America. And so, uh, yeah, then the pandemic hit and, uh, just decimated the uh, Canadian airline industry. Yeah. And so, um, There was was a bit of a grieving period that Steve and I were both going through. And uh, uh, I think I can speak for Steve uh, that uh, he was experiencing the same kind of mourning of uh, loss of our identity, loss of our livelihood, um, loss of our passion. And um, so, you know, we were kind of moping around, uh, looking pretty sad for a while. Um, My wife and I put into uh, motion a, a plan to buy a bakery before the pandemic hit. So uh, mm-hmm. we have a bakery called with the grain in Guelph. I was uh, busy with that and Steve didn't have uh, sort of any preoccupation. So uh, we were just kind of in Steve's backyard knocking back whiskey uh, deciding how to improve our situation and uh, <laughs> solving the world's problems
0: one whiskey at a time.
1: <laughs> yeah um, right.
0: a lot of good things are born
2: over whiskey true so I mean yeah I mean to echo what Adam was saying you know yeah, we lost our jobs we both worked for the same airline. You know, we both have 20 plus years in this industry we're both very passionate about what we did as the airline pilots uh and yeah i mean you went to a hard stop like we spent march a lot of how to march repatriating canadians uh april 1st it was okay thanks for your service go away um you know taking that job that livelihood that paycheck away from you very abruptly and uh it was, a, it was definitely a shock so
0: that is, that's tough. And that, that's tough for a lot of folks that have gone through that too. And I, I think Adam, you touched on something about your identity shift from mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, your pilot, you're, you're, you're doing that. And all of a sudden you're just not, yeah. How, how'd you yeah. guys sort of navigate that, that shift? Cause that, that's a, that's a big one. Well, it's tough because
2: I mean, last week, this is jumping ahead, obviously, but last week I actually introduced myself as a coffee roaster for the first time. Usually I'm like, oh, pilot. wow. It's just, it's just so natural. It's what I've been doing for 20 years and plus years. And I've wanted to be a pilot since I was six. And then last week, someone's like, oh, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, I'm a coffee roaster." <laughs> it was like kind of, whoa, yeah, I guess I am. I know it was kind of a shock. but Who said that? <laughs> um, yeah. I, was like, oh, I guess I am now. But um, no, I mean, it is part of your identity. A huge part of your identity. And, and, and especially it's something that's your passion of aviation. So. Uh it it was there's a definite I mean I still feel it sometimes like I see airplanes flying over you kind of you know flutters the cockles of your heart a little bit and, and I miss yeah. it I miss it every day so yeah yeah it's it's challenging but um but yeah I mean it's you know we went down another path and and it's been a lot of fun
0: That's great so how did the idea um sort of come up that you know you're going to go into business why why coffee Well I mean it was
2: kind of funny like so we're sitting in the in my backyard we're we're, we're sucking back cigars and we're, we're drinking some whiskey and, and, and throwing out ideas. And I had planned on doing, I'm was just, I, I not someone who can sit around and wait. And I had a feeling this pandemic was gonna be a long time. And, and I had other ideas of what to do career-wise. And I was starting to work towards that. And Adam came in when they just kind of tracked me, talked me out of it. Uh, and then we just started talking back and forth and said, listen, like we both kind of want to start our own business. We have access to this business at the bakery with the grain. Uh, we have some space in the basement. What can we do? And we started just throwing out spitballing ideas. And something Adam and I have always enjoyed doing together is, is, is food, like flavor, food-related stuff. Like we brewed beer. <laughs> we brewed a very aggressively mediocre cider. Uh, <laughs> it was very aggressively mediocre. Um, but, uh, you know, we we, we cook. Uh, and we like doing things from scratch. Like I make my own bacon in my backyard. Like that kind of thing. So oh, wow. We have that kind of background of things we enjoy doing. Yeah. And we enjoy doing it together. So um we just started spitballing ideas and we, I can't remember all the ideas we threw out but then Adam almost haphazardly just goes like what about coffee roasting and and we talked about you know doing microbrewery and stuff like that which in Guelph I mean you can throw a rock and hit five of them um yeah. and we're just like nah, that's not work. but uh coffee brewing and coffee roasting so we're like okay whatever you know I didn't really think much of it went home he went home I went to bed and then around midnight one o'clock That night, I woke up, you know, agitated, as a lot of us were. This is June of last year, and um, I just went downstairs. I popped up my laptop, and I just typed in, you know, how to roast coffee on YouTube, and um, I was I was hooked pretty much instantly, I'd say. And uh, within, I I was there like till three or four in the morning, watching videos and (laughs) taking notes, and and I really got into the idea. And then I woke up pretty early the next morning. Uh, I called Adam right away and I just said, hey, buddy, uh, Lost Aviator Coffee, you in? And he was a spy. I wasn't even a hesitation. He's like, yes, in.
0: So <laughs> that was it. And then here we are. That's awesome. <laughs> so um, tell me a little yeah. bit about the name. Why Lost Aviator? Uh,
2: well, it, you know, Lost Aviator as a name has been in my head for years. Uh, and originally it was a microbrewery based out of the welfare park. In a hangar, and we have a tap room attached to the hangar. In the summertime, you'd open up the hangar door. You have a little bar along the, the front of the hangar door, and you'd sit there and you drink beers and watch airplanes. That was my idea for years.
0: That also sounds uh, like a good idea. It's an amazing
2: <laughs> idea. Um, and uh, but, uh, anyways, that was never really going to happen. Uh, maybe maybe one day I don't know, but uh, it was always that concept in my head. So we just literally adapted that concept to to um, to coffee roasting. And a lot of people assume it has something to do with the fact that we're airline pilots, we lost our jobs, we're both lost. And I think there's an element of truth in that, but really, if you look at our branding, it all harkens back to the golden age of flight. Um, you know, we got the DC three in our logo. Um, you know, we got the super constellations, one of our coffees, like we're more into that kind of golden age, um, uh, vintage aviation. Cause that's both yeah. passion. We both
1: love that kind of stuff aviation history. Cool. And yeah, Then, um, You're an aviator, too. But uh, one thing that's really important uh, for us is that we don't we don't make this a, you know, an aviation only thing. I mean, everybody can be a lost aviator. You know, we're all captains of our own lives and, uh, you know, we can all feel a bit lost sometimes. And uh, so this is uh, this name. I I absolutely fell in love with it when Steve threw it out uh, because, you know, there's so many different directions and so many different meanings to different people that it can take. Um, I got a phone call from a gentleman whose uh, father-in-law was a pilot and he passed away and his wife insisted on serving lost aviator coffee at his funeral wow. and that's something even I never contemplated uh, picking that name yeah. and that was meaningful to them and so that that to me uh, was really meaningful as well that uh, you know people are, are finding their own meaning with the
0: brand. That's awesome yeah, it definitely has a lot of There's no
2: yeah, there's no end to the depth of it. Like we're, we're still discovering new things we can do with it. It's kind of uh, one of
0: the one of the things i
2: said when we were first developing. Uh, when we we're talking to our designer about the logo. He says, "I want to think Indiana Jones hacking through the jungle looking for coffee with a DC three in the background," <laughs> and uh, that was the perfect, you know, the perfect uh, image in my mind. So yeah, I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun to work with, and you
1: know, a lot of it unintentional.
0: <laughs> so, As Air, airplanes of the best and adventure, and yeah,
1: you know. You know. Uh, we're all lost aviators and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's meant to be more inclusive uh, mm-hmm. than just the, the pilot community or the uh, the av- broader aviation community
0: mm-hmm. well it makes a lot of sense and it, there's a there's a level i think of romanticism to that golden age of flying as well right and I think that you know if, if that's sort of the vibe people are feeling when they're associating with your coffee it's maybe it's the, it's also find that that next great blend that next great cup that we're all in search of as well right so yeah there's yeah. A, a lot of interesting tie-ins so I love the branding that you guys are doing and One of the things I noticed is that, and we kind of touched on this just before we started recording, is about the level of positivity that you guys are putting out there. So how did you manage to go from a challenged environment, being out of your job and things like that to bring in this level of positivity to the work that you're doing right now? Mm. Good question.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Go ahead, Adam, if you want. Uh, Well, I'll just have to um, prod the hamster. you know, I really, Dan, uh, one, I, I, I like sailing as well. And and you can't change the direction of the wind, but you can adjust your sails, right? And so yeah. uh, Steve's a great communicator. And, and uh, you know, I'm the Luddite of, of the duo. So, uh, <laughs> Very, so. very true. <laughs> <laughs> so the internet fad that uh, I thought would go away really went the other way. And so um, anyways, it's just, you know, like you've got to, you've got to take control of of the situation you know pilots don't just sit there with an engine on fire going damn i wish that thing wasn't burning you know (laughs) like i'm really i'm really sad that my my airplane's on fire you know that it's upsetting me you know you don't you don't just sit there and contemplate that you do stuff you know you move forward you you, you know you put the fire out you land at the nearest airport you know you you, yeah you get the fire trucks ready you, you do your thing and uh so this is steve and i doing our thing and uh it's carrying out our life emergencies, you know, in, in a positive way that's going to um, move, move us forward.
2: Yeah, I think, I think being in the airline industry, it's pretty easy to, to look at the absolute ruin <laughs> that it is and be very negative. And we've had our moments for sure. But I think one thing that we decided very quickly is, is you know, we, we, when in your career um, are you going to have the opportunity to build a business like we are? Uh, it, it doesn't really happen very often. And so we tried to find something positive. We needed something to focus on that was positive. It was very easy to go down a rabbit hole of negativity. And, you know, we're in this for the long haul. We knew, we knew it come June that this wasn't going to end anytime soon. And, um, you know, so just disconnected from social media as much as we could, like the, the news part of it, and just start focusing on something else. And, and it's been nothing else for our mental health. It's been fantastic uh and he's given and the thing is too but like one thing i love about aviation is there's no end to the depth of it like you I, I'm, an Air, I'm an airbus training pilot uh i've been flying for 20 plus years uh, when i'm training a new pilot maybe it's his first jet his or her first jet ever um and it's their first flight and i'm there training them they always teach me something too so uh with coffee it's the same like there's no end to the depth of, of knowledge you can learn and we're learning something new every day. And that's something that's really dynamic and interesting,
0: much like being a pilot. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels there. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. like with business as well, not just the coffee business, but any business there's, there's really no end to the learning. Yes,
1: And, right. and that's,
0: that's also part of the journey, right? Is this, what do we need to learn now? Where are some of the challenges that we're facing now? What do I need to learn to get over them or through them or around them, solve them? And how do I grow as a person? Because, you know, our, our businesses are a reflection of, of who and how we are. Yeah. Right. So I, I could tell that you guys had to be positive guys before we ever met just by looking at your branding and what you guys are putting out there, because that's a reflection of you guys as leaders of your company.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, right. we want people to look at our, look at our feeds and smile. I don't want people to go like, oh, these poor, I don't, I'm not, we're not going to sit there and, 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 and complain and, about our fate as, as, as airline pilots. We're going to say, Hey, listen, like, yeah, we're airline pilots, but you know, we built something pretty cool and we make good coffee and, um, give it a shot. You might like it. Uh, that's, and it's, it's just fun. Like I'd rather be smiling at work and, and putting on some positivity in the world than being, being upset. I mean, again, it's, it's, there's days is difficult. I'm not going to lie.
0: It's for sure. It's,
2: yeah. And, and too, it's like starting a business, you know, pivoting within two months of losing a career, starting a business, learning a new skill, a coffee roasting, like the saying that Adam and I, when we first started, we used a lot was, we don't know, we don't know. And, I mean, we still don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We don't, we're still you know, we're, we're 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 like to use Adam's analogy. You know, we had the engines on fire, we put it out, and now we're flying to a safe harbor.
0: Except that's no checklist cool. in business.
2: <laughs> no, but there's no checklist yeah. in the airplane for every situation either, right? You got your SPs, which you can use as guidance, and then there's uh then there's just using experience and and uh, common sense, and that's that's kind of where we're at.
0: Awesome. So it, it, you know, the, the learning curve is incredibly steep when you're starting a business for the first time. And especially because you guys had a double whammy, you're starting a business and you're starting a whole new skill of the coffee roasting. So what's been, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, that's a lot to take on. What's been some of your top learnings through this process? Because you guys have been out for about a year now, I think, right?
2: June 8th uh, was the concept. And so basically after that, it was full time. So yeah, almost in, a year, 10 yeah.
0: months. So what's been some of your... Uh, your most memorable experience of last year in business were your, your top learnings, what's really impacted you? Go ahead, Adam. I'll let you go first. I got to think on this one. <laughs> Prod your hamster. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: you know what, uh, uh, Steve and I, uh, we're pretty gung ho and, uh, we may, we, you know, we make decisions and we go, that's, that's how we roll. And, uh, so we made the decision to go for this. And uh, one thing that we didn't understand was just how many regulatory hurdles we had to cross. So, uh, you know, first we got to figure out you know, how do you do this? Where do you buy green coffee beans? Where do you buy the equipment? Um, how do you install this equipment? Uh, what kind of um, um, professionals do you need to get all this done? Um, what does the the city need for um, uh, for uh, getting your license all the inspections the engineering behind it uh, all this kind of stuff it really slowed us down and so that was kind of um, a big learning curve because the, all, everything was new We're like really we need uh you know an architect to do a draw floor plan we need an engineer to do this we need an electrician to do that we need this gigantic switch so that when the bakery turns on electric oven it doesn't you know explode the building uh (laughs) overloading the electrical system so all these things that just kind of popped up I mean it was kind of one thing at a time right and so we put one step in front of the other and you know we didn't realize that there were so many steps but then you know as we went walking down the path the next step revealed itself to us and so um that was kind of uh yeah it was kind of a journey I, I guess uh in a sense you know that uh, learning this new requirement for what to do to get a business license. And then um, then there's the whole, okay, well, who's gonna buy our beans, you know, uh, where do we sell this? How do we, what channels are we gonna target? Yeah, so there's, no, I, there's no checklist out there on like how to start a coffee roasting
2: business. <laughs> like there's no. there's no, you know, we, we had to research different types of roasting technology, uh, where to source our beans, um, you know, we were, we had some contacts in the coffee roasting industry who were willing to talk to us um, and we messaged quite a few. Uh, a lot of people didn't. And I, I get why, you know, like we're a potential competitor. They didn't want to talk to us, uh, but we were able to find a, a couple guys locally who are really helpful. And then another good gentleman in Ottawa who used the same type of roasting technology as us who kind of took us under the wing and were able to show us a lot of stuff. And it wasn't like they were showing us stuff we didn't know. It was, they were just kind of backfilling information we had learned.
0: Yeah. Uh, that well, it's was really an- helpful. What I've noticed guys is that the most successful people out there are willing to act as a mentor for others who are coming up, right? They, and even if you're my you know, so-called competitive with them, um, I find that the success minded individuals look at that as co competition something to be learned, something to be shared and gained by, uh, for both. I've yeah. seen that time and time mm-hmm. again. And, and what happens too is, so you guys will pay that forward as well. If, if you've had that assistance, that help, that, that hand. Here up, we have,
2: yeah, we've been approached, we've been approached by, um, Number of people just said, "Hey, you don't really like what you're doing. We'd like to do something similar." And and, you know, there's that momentary pause of like, "They really want to help this guy." And then both of us had that. Both of us have had the same same internal conversation, and it's that momentary pause. And no, no, what? No, people helped us. We will help people. Yeah. And 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 so I agree with you 100. Like it's yeah, competition. Also, I don't view it as like another coffee, another small coffee roaster down the street as being competition. I view the Starbucks and the Tim Hortons and of the world as being competition the more people we convert away from that aggressively mediocre coffee to well, well, well,
0: <laughs> aggressively <long>. mediocre like. <laughs> yeah, but uh but,
2: uh, but uh, the more people we can convert away from the big boys and do supporting local, small local specialty roasters the better and if someone buys our coffee one day and then buys another one the other day then that's great i mean i, I consider that a win yeah
0: yeah it's a community isn't it mm-hmm. mm. no it should be uh,
1: and you know, I've got nothing but praise for the products that uh, the the local Guelph roasters uh, are putting out. I mean, we've got uh, you know, I think we're of the the commercial ones. There's three of which we're one, and the other two do a great job. And you know, we're we're there's room for for all of us. You know, we're not. Uh, I don't really see them as competition. We each have our niches and we each have our customer followings. And um, I'm going to go with uh, those companies that have drive-throughs that uh, offer violently. Um, <laughs> Mediocre coffee.
2: What do you mean,
1: That's our competition, right? Yeah. yeah. And you know, like um, Coca-Cola is our competition, right? You know, uh, I think that's the better optics to view uh, your space in the industry, right? You're you're in the beverage industry, you know, and you know, if we can put a brand to it to to kind of appeal to certain people to and to get them onto what good coffee can be, because coffee's not just hot brown fluid. It's 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 a lovely complex drink that's that's got depth and dimension and so if we can clue people on to just how amazing it is like the the sort of red wine of of uh morning beverages you know it's it's fantastic
0: yeah. I, I think with that. covid red wine is people's morning beverage these days too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it can be that tequila I, right yeah i've uh, i
2: i've i got the hashtag i throw up at every single one of our posts i call it hashtag morning wine <laughs> i don't know how much traction to get out of it but i just love it
0: so mm. That's fantastic. So tell me a little bit about your roasting coffee. you got different blends. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, your process. Like, why do you, why do you just go all in on one particular blend? Why, you know, what type of blends do you have? What are they so like? A,
2: yeah. So that was a process. So we have to rewind a little bit because we got to go into our roasting technology, which is a bit different.
0: Yeah. I'd love um, to hear about that too.
2: Yeah. So that was part of the, you know, within the first three weeks, we had to make that decision because we had to buy a roaster. So, traditionally, I mean, coffee can be roasted any number of ways. You can roast it on a cast iron skillet, which is how they originally did it in Ethiopia. Uh, and some Ethiopian restaurants do that still. Uh, you can roast it in a popcorn popper. You can roast it over a fire. You can roast it on the barbecue. I could go on. But traditionally, commercial coffee roasting is done by a drum roaster, which is a very, almost like a dryer, big, large drum mm-hmm. that spins and is usually heated by electricity or gas or wood. Uh, and that was our original plan. We're just gonna go traditional drum roasting. We already had a drum roaster picked out from a company in the United States, done. Uh, for the equivalent size that we have, the drum roaster would have cost a lot more money and it would have been almost a thousand pounds. We had to get down a small staircase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was presenting challenges. And yeah. one thing we wanna do is we want it to be a bit different. We wanna try something new and uh, and just think outside the box. And the one benefit of coming at this whole thing with fresh eyes is we didn't just do what everyone else does. So I was researching late one night, different methods of roasting coffee, and it came across what's basically known as fluid bed roasting. And okay. for lack of a better term, it's, no, I'm not gonna use that term, because it kind of sounds so, but basically it's an air roaster. Okay. It, it, you take an ambient air, you bring it over a uh, heat exchanger, uh, you superheat the air, and then you basically have a little hopper where we dump our beans in, and the jet of air uh, from an air pump shoots up, and the beans almost levitate, spin on this uh, hot air, and then it's got an extraction fan which sucks all the all those all the uh, all the um, chaff and and, uh, and stuff that comes off the beans uh, into a filter, and then expels the air outside. So. The thing we like about it, and we we were immediately drawn to it right away, is it's very clean and it's used by less than five percent of coffee roasters. Wow. Uh yeah, and it, the one thing you get out of a traditional roaster is the beans as they um roast, they actually expand by about 20% and they actually have an outer skin known as chaff that breaks off. Traditional roaster, that chaff quite often is just burned alongside. It's very flammable, it's it's not bad. It's actually you can actually make a tea out of it almost, and it's very good as a uh, is fertilizer uh, but it's burned alongside the process so it kind of imparts a little bit of carcinogenic flavor into the, into the coffee but with the, the fluid bed roaster it, because it's separated and we collect it we actually give it to farmers but also uh, it makes a really clean cup of coffee it's a, it, and it's just, it's just a really clean way of, of, of roasting there's no, there's no carcinogens there's no um, uh, there's no uh, fossil fuels being burned nothing it's, it's, it's very clean and it just presents excellent coffee. So that that's is really cool yeah, it's and it, we it, it really pump it out. It really because to us it's a differentiator, but also it just people can taste it right away. Uh, the amount of compliments you get on, they're like, "This is the cleanest coffee I've ever had." And I've never knew that there's a difference between regular dirty coffee and clean coffee. But you can
0: really taste it, and we just love it. And, um, and, is that a new technology? Yeah, new from the
2: '70s. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs>
0: yeah. The downside
2: to it, and they're actually working on it, because I I think you're going to see more and more fluid bed roasters. But the downside to it is it doesn't scale as well as um, uh, as traditional drum roasting is, and you can't get like you you get drum roasters that have 240 kilo loads. Uh, The biggest one I'm aware of that we could potentially buy is like 25 pounds, uh,
0: 12 kilos ish.
2: Um, No, you can roast 25 pounds at a time. Correct. Yeah. How long does it take to roast them? Ten minutes.
0: That like from a green bean to roasted is ten minutes. Right. Wow. Ten minutes yeah. plus,
2: or Give or take, the, yeah. plus or minus. Depending on that, plus or minus. Yeah, So our machine is a three pound roaster, and as you're roasting, you lose about twenty percent. So you put three pounds in, you get about two and a half pounds of
0: it. Is that the chaff and stuff so like it's that? That's a little more.
2: It's also the moisture. So green
0: beans got about
2: twelve to thirteen percent moisture content, and as you're roasting it, you're you're removing that moisture. Content.
1: Gotcha. Really just to to add on to uh to steve what Steve's saying and to answer your question uh, just on our on our product uh, uh we found this uh fluid bed roaster and then another thing we did um is we looked to uh some of the most successful businesses and you know you, you don't like to admit it but you know the, la- the major um franchises are very successful businesses and they're doing a lot of things right so to to say we're, we're going to do it different to them um it doesn't mean that they don't have some really good ideas so you know if you um if you want uh i don't want to get in uh, any copyright trouble but you know people drive to a, you know they know what a big mac is and they can get a big mac you know everywhere right a yeah. pike place uh, coffee you know for uh is, uh is consistent and so steve and i um decided that we wanted to have that same level of consistency in our five core uh, brands and one thing uh, I don't know Dan if, if you've ever got confused in a grocery store shopping for coffee because uh, one, one example I like to make is you're standing there and there's a bag of Sumatra right beside a bag of Java and there are two islands in Indonesia which a lot of people uh, don't even realize and you have no idea what the product is wh- wh- how it tastes different so we have a very simple lineup we have a dark medium and light roast We have an espresso blend and a decaf, and we've got different color, different color labels, different names, and you know that's our five core products. Now consistent, and that's our you know um, our Big Mac, our our Whopper, uh, our Pike Place. You know that's our our consistent (laughs) higher quality go to much (laughs) higher quality. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right, and so uh, you know we wanted to have consistency. So if somebody really likes a dark roast. They can latch onto our dark roast and know that they're going to get that. When they reorder a bag of dark roast from us, it's going to be North Star. It's going to taste great and uh, they can rely on it. And now we're doing some other interesting things on the side. We've got this, uh, this Brazilian pea berry, which is just an amazing kind of blueberry kind of uh, flavor. Uh, just beautiful coffee. We've tried uh, Nicaraguan coffees. We're going with, uh, we're exploring African coffees. We're aging coffee in a whiskey barrel. We're doing all these interesting things, but that's outside of our core. Uh, you know, that's that's for the uh the connoisseurs that so that we can kind of um uh sort of cater to the enthusiasts um at, at, while not um uh you know having our core products that uh, people can rely it's, on and still have fun yeah. with it
2: too. Like, there's a lot of uh you know people like coffee, over a ground drink, I put in my cup and I add some cream or sugar and off I go, but. There's a lot more to it. There's a lot more depth to it. I and mean, we're trying to explore it as best we can. Um, we've done a co op with a, a local microbrewery. They took one of our barrels that we aged with, uh, or, or Prohibition Roast, as we call it, or Whiskey yep. Barrel Coffee. And, um, and they're, they're doing a beer in it. And i uh, have you know, talking to a local cider uh, producer, do the same with our current barrel. And
0: you know, we're always looking
2: for different things and ways we can co lab with coffee and with other uh, businesses. In local businesses, of course. Uh, yeah, and, those uh,
0: opportunities are everywhere if you if you want to get creative, right? And, yeah. Like, well, the thing is that like, people don't associate a lot of this
2: stuff with coffee, so we found like like listen, there's a lot of room to move with with in, in the coffee uh, world that people aren't really exploring, and we're again we're looking with fresh eyes. We're like, let's try this, like let's try that. Let's let's see if it works. And it's been in honestly, it just it's fun. It's, it's it keeps us. It's just going, yeah, you can make the same five roasts and, and like the, the, the dark roast or North Star is my jam every morning. And I hear from people all the time. They're like, oh, that Constellation medium roast, that's my jam every morning I have it. But then once in a while, they go like, oh, "Pea berry seems kind of cool. I'll buy a bag of that.
0: And then they can have fun with it, right? So, Yeah, well, I think it's you guys have hit a cut, uh, upon something I think that's critical is that you've got your core nailed. You understand who your target audience is. It is the enthusiast, not just the person that's needing to get woken up. It's someone that appreciates their coffee. And so when you've got your core, those, those core five worked out and you get really consistent with that, now that's, I mean, consistency is critical in business, right? When people are going to consume your product, they don't want it to be a little bit different every time because then they, they lose uh, comfort with mm-hmm. it. It's like, well, we'll be good next time. I don't know. Let's try something else. And so you can, you can lose them if you don't have that consistency, but being able to you know, rely on that and make the business a little bit boring in terms of consistent, 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 it gives you the freedom to explore some of those more creative things where it may not be so consistent. like, so, hey guys, we're going to try this out. Let's see if it's any good, right? You can yeah. engage some of that while still having that, that core that everyone can still count on. I well, think and that,
2: I, I, I think too, I disagree with you to a degree, but uh, our clientele, I mean, yeah, we have people who want the higher quality uh, coffee, uh, but we also, we've been able to convert a lot of people away from the, the big box stuff. Uh, and like one of the best, best compliments we get, uh, and I, we get it all the time from people who, uh, you know, they're used to buying a very bitter over roasted coffee from one of the major stores and, and, and drowning it with cream and sugar and drinking it. And I've had people come in and they say, listen, yours is the first coffee I've ever been able to drink without any cream or sugar in it. And, and, and nice. so we've been able to kind of convert new clients, uh, into, into the specialty coffee, industry, which has been really awesome. And it's based off our branding and people really resonate with it. And they try yep. it because, you know, Hey, you slap a big sexy DC three on the front of something, you know, there's going to be a core number of people that are going to go, that's awesome. And in and, person, and pilots and non-pilots alike. And, and we've, we've really been able to leverage that into showing people our methodology. And it's really resonating with a core group of customers that we see all the time.
0: That's fantastic. So talking about your customers, uh, who are your core customers in terms of, uh, is it individuals? Do you, are you doing wholesale? Are you, are you selling in any retailers? How do people get access to your, to your coffee?
1: that well uh actually both uh, dan um so we sell uh we sell through different channels so we have uh, our online uh, web store which is last yep. and we also have a number of wholesale accounts uh so we've got stores uh for, we have uh, an aviation store in toronto threshold aviation we've got uh in the in the east as uh, that's actually we've got uh no, we do have some other wholesales in Nova Scotia and uh, one in Quebec uh, and a bunch of uh, stores locally. So we're trying to expand that business because that's kind of what um, it's a it's a lower margin, but it's the more reliable business. And it gets our product into more places
0: that people are buying coffee. So um, we do have uh, different channels. Gotcha. And uh, one of my clients actually uh, mentioned that they're doing a gift program working with you guys. Like, yes. tell, tell us a little bit about that. I think that, that's pretty cool, too.
2: Yes, um she contacted us two weeks ago. And uh yeah, it was just it was a good fit. She she's a recruiter. She wanted to start sending any gift to uh to her clients or she's able to get positions, you know, around the first day of their new job and it was a coffee and some coffee. And uh so she contacted us and uh, we we set something up online where she can order from a web store and ship it direct. Um and that uh, no, it, it was a good, um, I think it's a really cool little project. And we, we enjoyed being. We, we a lot of information about us. She includes cards with her information on it. And uh, you know, that's, uh, we really like lo- working with local businesses um, and, and trying to find synergies where we can. And it's been, uh, it's been very fruitful. Um, and it's just, it's, it's kind of building a community around it as well. And uh, just having a, a network of people that you can rely on uh, and, and and have connections with. And it's, it's, Going from being a pilot where you just, all my friends are pilots. I'm going to talk about aviation things into the business world. It's been very eye And Building those networks is really key.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that's a critical thing. You just mentioned building your network, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, there's uh, the old saying that your, your network is your net worth, right? Meaning mm-hmm. that the people that you, you get around are going to help contribute to your success in, in many different ways. Right. But it's just amazing. The, the number of doors that get opened by, you know, when you're in the right room with the right people, right. When you're oh, networking yeah. and, yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, if someone is uh, thinking of getting into business right now, what would you tell them? What would what would advice as uh, almost a year into it, new entrepreneurs? What would you tell an aspiring entrepreneur if they're like, "Hey, I think I've got this business idea. I think I want to get, I want to get into business." What would uh, what would your fireside chat with the whiskey and the cigar be to them?
2: Well, it's easy to talk yourself out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the the best advice the advice I give everyone is just do it. Um, you don't know what you don't know. There's going to be hurdles. You'll grow as a person. Um, you have soft skills you had no idea you had. You know, I mean Adam can speak to this as well. We're both you know airline captains, and we never thought. I always joked like I don't really have any life skills instead of flying airplanes. <laughs> um, and uh, well, apparently I do. I mean, as, as uh, you, we have soft skills we didn't know we had, and they transferred very well. Enough and that goes for literally everyone even if you're restocking shelves at a grocery store maybe you think oh I don't want this restock shelves well you know what you've learned a lot in that job you don't even know you want yeah. uh, and so um, you know don't don't it's easy to doubt yourself don't just
1: just get after it
0: that's great advice. Yeah, I think
1: there's another important thing um when you know you got to go for it and there's there's these critical junctures and um like uh, I think, uh, you know, you as a pilot can understand that there's not a perfect flight and that you're going to make a lot of mistakes, but there's mistakes whereby, oh, I forgot to turn a light on, um, a landing light when I'm I'm landing, and there's another mistake, which is I forgot to put the landing gear down, right? Or or I forgot to make sure I was high enough to clear the mountaintop, right? So there's (laughs) critical and non-critical mistakes, right? And you come to these junctures, you know, I, I made the analogy of walking down a path, and then you get this why in the path and one can lead you to danger, and one can lead you to safety. But the one that leads you to danger might also lead you to greater success. And so at these critical junctures, you really need to put a lot of thought into the uh, risk and reward. And uh, is this something that you can do? And Steve and I are are kind of at one of these junctions right now. And uh, is this something like to expand uh, is going to add an element of risk. And uh, so, you know, you don't want to Light, take lightly those um critical mistakes right you can make all kinds of other mistakes and recover from it but uh you know um small, small businesses come and go and and the failure rates quite high so you, you just have to make sure that you know you uh, I, I agree with steve you know i just want to say everyone go for it and and i really do believe you should but uh be aware of of where you know these critical um junctions are and only your- that but also like like you know let's say
2: hypothetically you start a business of some sort even hypothesize what someone might start a business as it might fail most businesses do fail initially but you know what that's not the end of it it's just you've learned and you know uh, even if this business fails adam and i both have a taste for business Uh, we've got our our ideas have ideas
0: <laughs> uh, and our,
2: our, our, pivots have had, have had pivots, uh, and, uh,
0: Spoken like a true entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and, and now that we've kind of got the bug and, and it, we, we see so much opportunity out there and what we're doing and in parallels to what we're doing, uh, that, you know, pardon the pun, but the sky's the limit. So, you know, let's say you get into business, let's say it doesn't work. Let's say it flops, let's say whatever, right. Um, you know, lockdown number 18 comes along and just, just <laughs> kills off your business. Uh, it's not the end, it's, it's not the end. And I think you learn from your mistakes, you learn from your experience and you are the sum total of your experience. And you know, you might be a serial entrepreneur who's got five businesses in you, and maybe they all failed to some degree, but then you take all that collated data and experience and you now are um, a better person for it. Like I'll use the analogy that Adam talked about. Let's say you forget to put your landing gear down and you'll land an airplane and you to smash up the props, and you know do a lot of damage to an airplane. Well, guess you should the company fire you though? no they shouldn't because you know what you're never going to do that again <laughs> i guarantee it i'm just saying like you know, that person and Adam and i both have friends who have this happened to them um uh you know all of us can make mistakes and in, in any high tech industry such as aviation you learn from it. We analyze our mistakes. It's, it's like, I, I watch Mayday, which people think that's weird. You're watching a show about airplane crashes. I'm like, no, because I learned from it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's, that's the one thing about business is, is you learn from your, you'll learn more from your mistakes than your success. I, mean,
0: I, I think that's, you know, that's a really great advice guys. I, I think in addition, what you're saying without saying it is to have that level of positivity as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that carries, that carries us forward when we're facing challenges, you know, if we think we can or we can't, the old saying, you're right. So if you have that positivity, that can-do attitude and, and looking, I think the other part of it is we, we all make mistakes, but sometimes we're not paying attention to it. So I would say that make sure that you're paying attention to what's going on and trying to learn from each one too, right? Because like you said, you're the sum total of your experiences, but I think the learnings we get from those mistakes too. Well, you all... Go ahead. Sorry, to
2: Well, I was just going to say, I I listen to a lot of podcasts, and one of them I listen to is by an ex-Navy SEAL who's become a business person. And one of his uh, lines that he uses, when something's going wrong, his first thing out of his mouth is good. Jocko. Jocko. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that analogy. And I think, I, I actually, there's a song out there that basically takes that and turns it into some EDM song, whatever. And I listen to it, sometimes going to work, because it's like, this went wrong. His response, good. We've learned let's not do that again and
0: that's that to me is phenomenal advice well do you know what it, it tells me is that if you're making mistakes you're pushing right if you're not making that's mistakes that. then you're coasting right so if you're making you know if you're making those mistakes you're pushing yourself you're in growth mode and you know by definition you're growing as a person right and yeah. as your and your business is gonna to grow too so yeah 100% yeah cool well, uh, look guys. one of the,
1: I, yeah. I was engaged in another conversation then uh, with a, a gentleman and uh, who's asking kind of uh, a, a different uh, angle question but um uh I'll, I'll give you the answer that i, I gave him and, and you know i think values are really important that uh, you don't have a map and uh for steve and i I think um one of the reasons i knew it would work is our values are very aligned and um our work ethics quite aligned too so you know a partnership is uh, kind of a, a natural friction uh <laughs> setup and uh you know you, you're not going to have a, an answer for what to do in all these situations but you know you know, I I think I can, um, speak very highly of Steve's values. Uh, and, um, you know, I hold them as well that, uh, you know, you do the right thing. You don't cut corners. You don't, um, you don't take the low road and, um, you know, sometimes it it's, it's not as black and white as that, but, um, you know, um, that's, that's your roadmap and that's what you fall back on, uh, you know, to guide you. And one of the things that drives me absolutely nuts is, uh, it's just business, you know, that insert air quotes and, that's that's a cop-out excuse and it's kind of like oh due to covid you know uh that's our latest uh, uh cop-out uh um catchphrase and this whole it's just business it's a cop-out um you know uh and we don't believe in that and so uh you know that that's kind of been our, our roadmap to uh, kind of push us to to where we are right now <laughs> wherever that is yeah so.
0: <laughs> I think that's a really good, I'm just going to extract something you said there, Adam, is that if you don't have a roadmap, you have to rely on your values. I'm paraphrasing me. I think that's that's really, really wise um, observation because if you don't, you know, how else do you govern what you do? And, you know, when I'm working with with clients as well, core values is something that we have to make sure are established because that's really, you know, the way people live. It's it's how, how do you live at work? You know, what do you stand for? Um, you know, what, what's acceptable? What's not? It's the core values are things that you'd fire somebody for breaching and you would invest money to maintain, right? So that's how critical those values are. And I think that when you get that right, that's a big part of the picture because you can drive so many decisions based on that. If you've got mm-hmm. unknowns, it's like, okay, is this, how is our, how is this support where we're going? Is, or is this in alignment with our values? So it makes making some of those decisions a lot easier.
1: But yeah, we leave money on the table for uh, our wholesalers and our business partners, uh, you know, because they have to succeed as well. And so, you know, we just—it's uh, it, important to us that uh, you know we're helping the people that we do business with, and uh, it's not a, all about us winning; it's about everyone winning.
0: Yeah, like one of the it. things
2: we—one of the things we did when we first started. This is an example. if I'm going on too long again. Oh, good. But uh, we did—we did these these beautiful mugs, which are nice, beautiful DC3 on it, and we partnered up with a local um, pottery company. Artist studio uh, run by a lovely lady in called Iris it's Blue Iris Studios. I can't say enough good things about it. Um, and we, we called this our founder's mugs. And we sold it, was, it was a $75 mug. And uh, we went to Iris because we loved her work. And just talking to her, she was an uh, ex marketing executive, uh, redefined herself in pottery field, but she was super professional, uh, wonderful to work with, and she makes really good pottery. And um, so we said, Listen, this is what we want to do. You know, what's your cost? Her costs for higher. She doesn't really wholesale because she's selling, she's an artist, she's selling her work, and there's value in that. Yep. And I had people contact us and say, you know, these mugs are really good, but we can send them to China and they can copy it and we can get them for $2 a mug. And of course, I'm like, I'm not interested. Um, because, you know, there's value in us having that mutual relationship with a local business and an artist and supporting our own local community. That's our values. And, you know, I didn't even have a conversation with Adam after I was told this. It wasn't even, a, I just basically came back and said, oh yeah, they, we were told we could do this for two bucks. I told him pound sand and he's like, yeah, that's dumb. Why would we do that? Like, we, we like being partnered with local businesses as much as possible. So, I mean, so we can make, the, the good thing about having shared values is we can make decisions without the other person there and then just backfill the person. Like yesterday, I made a call on uh, a, bit of, a bit of slack to a, a new, a new uh, also partner. And I just called Adam and I said, "Hey, this is what I did. Uh, I just want to make sure you're cool with it." And he's like, "Yeah, hell yeah, I agree with you 100. Done, no problem."
0: Yeah, that's a great point. When everyone is aligned on the same values, then yeah, you don't have to go and check with a committee to see if you should do something. You know, if it's aligned with the values, you just do it, right? Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't run an organization by committee. it just Doesn't work. New. Not very well. <laughs> no, I love that that value of win win. Um, hmm. that that's fantastic. That's, I mean, we, if we consider the law of reciprocity, that whatever you put out, there's going to come back when you're, you might make mistakes in your business, but when you're looking to add value to others, you're looking to do a good job. You're looking to find the win wherever you can. That's always going to come back to you in a positive way, right? Maybe 100%. not from the source you put it out to comes, you put your positivity out here and the wind comes, you know, the reciprocity comes from the side. Right. But that's, that's, that's just how it works.
2: Well, I mean, one example of that is um, we were going to be in a uh, Marketing Edge magazine. Uh, We're going to be the cover of a Marketing Edge magazine um, the next week or so. It's coming out. And uh, this came out of nowhere. Someone contacted us. Uh, They said, hey, uh, we'd like to support local. We're basically um, a marketing paraphernalia company. Um, They uh, provide shirts, what have you, to businesses. And there was a customer of theirs locally in Guelph who wanted I to put together a little gift basket. So they came to us and said, hey, could we give supply some samples? And we said, sure. And we gave them a price. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out with that company. And they said, oh, you know, they went with something else. Uh, you know, thanks for your interest. But I'd like to use it in the future because I'd like to use it supporting local. And so I just messaged this person back and said, tell you what, if you want to work with us, uh, why don't I send you some coffee? Because you should speak from authority and know that we're producing a good product. Uh, and so they're like, oh, you do that? Like, yeah. And I had it in the mail the next day got an email back a week later and they're like you know threw some business cards in and a little bit of paraphernalia and stuff like that just whatever and i didn't think much of it i just like you know another person experiencing our product and then i got a phone call next week and they're like we love this stuff uh we want to awesome. we, we, we do a magazine i had no idea uh and we want to have future you in the magazine because we love the story and and this is just super cool and then so we went and we shot they did a photo shoot in front of harvard um, it was a lot of fun. And then while we're doing it, the, the, the gentleman runs a magazine, basically said to me, he says, no one does that. No one sends product. And I'm like, why not? Like, what's the downside? Like, you know, it costs us a couple of bucks, but you know, like now I have people who really like our product up right? there and who have a positive image of us and you're going to, it's a, it's a network, right? And you just, we just building a network. So to us, it's just common sense.
0: But you're adding value, right? And if, if, and that, yeah. again, it's, it's, you're looking for the win-win. Right, you're doing yeah, that reciprocity thing adding value, and it, it always comes back. So that's has well, I think also, also
2: we have confidence in our product. Like if someone says, Oh, I should try your coffee, I'm like, try it. Like, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of what we produce. We're actually quite proud of what we do. And it was difficult at first. We look for a lot of like we, we go to people in the industry and say, try a product, we think it's good, but I don't know, are we like, are we on are we on crack? Like, is there something wrong here? <laughs> and they, they try to like, dude, this is amazing. So once you build up that confidence, you say, yeah, we got brought something. We make a good product. Like it's, you know, you can, you can get the, the initial sale with the branding and the marketing, but get the repeat sales and we see them every week. We've got subscription service on our website and people are signing up for it. And they're getting coffee every few weeks, lots of it. And it's the same customers coming back. So that's what we knew. We're like, okay, not only do we have good branding, marketing, et cetera, that's, that's enticing people in, but we're backfilling it with a quality
0: products. Yeah. Back to the core. You have to have that, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, yeah. look, this, is, uh, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate oh. you taking the time to chat and share your story, share your share your learning, share your values with everybody. So um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you to get some of your awesome coffee, what is the best way for them to reach out? Uh, they could go to our
1: website. Uh, they could go to lostaviatorcoffee.com and uh, they can email us at uh, info at lostaviatorcoffee.com or adam at lostaviatorcoffee.com.
0: Fantastic. We'll put all that information on the show notes so that people can reach out, and, uh, and we're pretty I- active on
2: social media too. We got lots of Instagram in and and uh, I did my first Instagram live on Saturday, and it was actually a lot of fun, and i uh, we'll do it again <laughs> uh, once the COVID rules slacken up. We'll do some stuff together. Um, yeah, we're just uh, we're having fun with it as much as possible. We like interacting with people. We we got a lot of Top Gun quotes on our uh, on our Instagram. <laughs> so, <laughs> awesome. yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool, guys. We'll, we'll make sure we get all your contact information up on the show notes so, so that uh, everyone can reach out. So um, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Great to get to know you guys a little bit better. Thanks for
2: having us. Thanks a lot for, for having us, Dan. All the best. Thanks,
0: fun. guys. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode today. I hope that you found it of value. If you did, please give us a five-star rating. And if you know someone else that might find it valuable, please share. Thanks so much and have a fantastic day.